You often describe yourself as either I or me. To most people, this is one and the same thing. But in practicality, they represent and trigger two distinct identifications of self and who you are as a person. I is a subjective knower, the one that thinks, analyzes, while me is a subject that is known or to be known. For anyone to say they know who they are, they must have a prescribed understanding by themselves of these two distinct subjects. And until you master yourself in this light, the idea of self-realization and how to navigate yourself within any community remains reactive rather than proactive. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Forget Norms with Mr. Fashino. Hello everybody, welcome to my podcast. My name is Mr. Fashino. I've had this burning desire for a long time to find a way to communicate some of the things that are imparted in me uh, from a spiritual standpoint or just from knowledge and experience and understanding of, of life in my dealings of almost 40 years on earth. Um, like most people, I just never had the courage to grab a mic and said I wanted to do it or stand in front of folks and do it. So most of what I've done has always been on a one-on-one basis based on how uh, close we got to know each other. And so like anyone else, I decided to put, you know, uh, what I would call fear aside and embark on this journey where I said, um, I believe that my thought process can be of help to someone. And so I started off by writing a book called Forget Norms, but really what I did with the book was to say, uh, my initial thought process was to stretch every knowledge of the book and make it into uh, what I would call a movement. And that has brought us to this podcast. I thank you for joining and I thank you for listening. I pray that everything that I speak of, that I'm inspired to talk on this podcast, inspires you in a way. The purpose of this podcast, why it exists, is to give everyone an opportunity to look into themselves, to look into everything that they know, question it, analyze it, um, in order for you to be in what I call truthful living. I don't want to say live to your greatest potential. I don't want to say live uh, your best life. But I want to say live to your truthful, honest, unadulterated self. And for the only way we can get to that point is when we first of all are able to define which self do we possess. Who is us? Who is me? Like who, who am I? What is me? Like, this is this. Okay, I know that I have this. As for instance, a lot of people would um, talk about I am black, I'm white, I am African American, I'm African, I'm Asian, I'm this. Um, but who are you? Like, what, what is the difference between your I and your me? 
What is the difference between your subjective knowing and what is the difference between that person that you know to be and the person that everyone gets to know? Let me first of all put a disclaimer about certain things that we won't do on this podcast, and I really thank everybody for tuning in. What this podcast is not, is not a psychological education. It's not a sociological education. I will give advices from time to time as the podcast goes on, but I also want to make a disclaimer that if you need any professional help, you should seek a psychologist for anything that you feel like you deserve to be um, catered to in terms of any type of mental health. What also we won't talk about in this podcast is politics. I don't do politics for any reasons other than the fact that I just don't do politics. Um, we may talk on some political issues. We may talk on some social issues that are borderline skirting the, 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 the realms of politics, but we will not discuss blue-white. We will not discuss any political um, affiliations or anything. I will occasionally have some time to time on this show a guest that will come in and discuss with us uh, as an expert on a subject matter. For the most part, uh, you might just hear me. Um, a lot of the things that I discussed are based on personal opinions, uh, which are free to be debated, but I would love to hear comments from everybody who otherwise might decide with me or differ with me. Respectfully, I want to hear what you say. I want to learn something from you. I'm a bank of... Uh, I'm a big fan of being a bank of knowledge. So any opportunity that I get to land, I take it seriously. We'll take a short break and I'll be right back. You are listening to Forget Norms with Mr. Fashino. For more information or to get in contact with our host, visit our website, www.forgetnorms.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Um, what is self? When people say, you know, I know who I am, what exactly do they mean by I know who I am? So who, who are you? And the reason why I start off this podcast with the definition of self from whatever perspective that you want to do it is because it is almost impossible for you to navigate this world without knowing exactly who you are. Uh, we are born into a world where there is so many things that exist before we got here. Uh, we're tossed with a lot of different things in life. We're faced with a lot of things that um, requires you to know how you relate to them. Unfortunately, for most of us, we come in prepackaged with some things that we were um, taught. Um, we were forced to learn that that's how things are supposed to be, either from our parents, our society, and all those things. But then as you grow and as you continue to grow, as you become mature and you become someone who's of their own self, there is a conflicting information between who you really feel to be and who you, you feel you're not, but then this is what you know to be. So your eyes and your me's become a little bit conflicting and so a lot of people don't even know how to describe themselves to say this is who I really am for fear of either judgment of being honest of who they are because they've gotten that feeling your your true you which is your subjective know of who you think you are your i and your me which is the subject that is known who people know you to be have not come to a place where they form as one for you to actually fully and cognizantly say 
this is myself. This is the me, myself, and all that stuff. I'm not trying to be psychological. I'm going to be as simple as possible, but I want us to get it from that perspective. Everyone starts off with a copy and an imitation of something. As a child, when you're born, um, you begin by imitating certain things. If you've ever had a, a child, for those of you who, who've given birth, you realize that when you when you start to sing, your child starts to sing. When you start to comb your hair in the mirror, your child starts to do. When you put makeup for women and lipstick on, you notice that young female is there doing the same things that you do. As a matter of fact, even when you were a kid and you're a boy and you grew up with your mom, the tendencies of you doing a lot of the things that your mom was doing or is doing um, is very high. So we started with an imitation and a copy. And as, and as you start to become children, you start to get a sense of yourself and the world around you. But your sense of self is based off the things that you copy from the things that you see. So it is not so much a true definition of self. That's why I said, and this podcast will do a lot of talking about truth. Because I believe almost everything that, you know, in life revolves around truth and honesty not necessarily truth and honesty that you're telling a lie but truth and honesty in the sense that i can subjectively define me based on what i know about self without a shadow of a doubt and until anything changes what you will get from me is what i know to give of myself and in that light present that same thing to you i don't know if i'm making sense but i hope i am and so when you start to look at developmental stages of humans you start to realize that everything starts off from a copy and imitation i see somebody doing this and i copy it and i want to do it now some people fall into the trap where when they copy they don't listen to the reaction of themselves of whether that was a good copy or not so what do i mean by that when you copy something or when you imitate something your body will tell you whether that imitation that you've done, that copy that you've done, is the truth of who you should be. So when you copy an attitude, when you copy an action, when you copy something, your body reacts to it in the light of what your personal truth is. Most people will look at it now and say, your conscience, it judges you. We label all these things, but what we don't realize to do is that we don't rely on them in a truthful manner. Why? Because there is a society or there is an element of that copy that needs to almost resemble the original. And so we try to make it an original thing, even though it's not necessarily an original thing. Now, you can copy... And that copy becomes original when your body aligns to the copy, when your emotions and everything aligns to the copy. So it becomes your original, even though it stemmed from a copy. So I want to take a quick break and I'll come back and, and continue this. You are listening to Forget Norms with Mr. Fashino. Th thank you for being with me. And um, we're discussing um, in our first episode today, trying to get to a point where we learn how to define ourselves and what helps us to become who we are. How can we um, assert ourselves as to say, this is me. 
what I present to you is what I know of me, and this me that I'm giving you is the best of my truthful knowledge of who I am. It is the genesis, in my opinion, of everything that you will go through in life. Because truth, in my opinion, remains very constant, and self is who you think you are. It takes some people a long time for them to get to a place where, number one, either they know self, or two, they accept the new knowledge of self. Some people know self, but then they deny that self because they rather be something else that they find um, more pleasing to them. But it's a false uh, recognition of self. In English, I and me are known as pronouns. I is a subject, while me is the object. Subject and object. Um, the subject addresses who performs an action, the meaning. The I is attributed with the action. So, while me is more of the object, you can learn, you can learn a lot about your me from socialization and interacting with people. So, a lot of times people would define you and say, he or she likes to do this. He or she likes to do this. It's like, I was listening to a podcast today and um, uh, I forgot, I think it's Jordan Peterson's daughter's uh, podcast. Uh, one of the first, first guests she had on this, she asked him, um, I think she asked, I think she asked, um, who are you? But then when she asked, who are you, she went ahead and gave a long list of things that he's done. And the, the gentleman gave, um, and I do apologize, I forgot his name. He gave a very interesting answer to me. He said, um, uh, some of the things I've done is not necessarily who I am, the things that I had to do. But, you know, thank you for the list of the things that you said I am. But then it goes to, you know, giving his resume of things that he's done, but he he, he not necessarily dissociated himself from what he's done to who he is, but he clarified to say to you, that's not necessarily the definition of who I am. That is a definition of what I have done. And I found that interesting because a lot of people sometimes confuse what they do to be who they are. A lot of people confuse what I will call the I, which is the individual, and the me, which is what, you know, the world sees you as. And the reason why I brought that up between the I and the me is because the I is your truth. It's who you are. The me is what people use their truth to see you as. So, for instance, it's almost like dealing with someone who, when you meet them for the first time, they just hate your guts. You haven't even said anything to them. They just don't like maybe the colors that you wore, the way that you dress, the way you walk. It just turns them off. When that person's go to say anything about you to anyone else, they're speaking of your me. And sometimes your me is not necessarily your I. Who you think I am, which is you to say the me, it's not necessarily a true reflection of who I am because there are so many factors that helps you to come to a final conclusion of me. And regardless of what I tell you about to say, oh, listen, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this, 
my actions sometimes provoke you or your upbringing or everything about your thought process still leads you to believe that what I'm telling you about I is not truthful enough for you to conclude of who my me is. And so the world, most of us, like I said, come prepackaged and pre-programmed. And by pre-programmed, I mean every time we get to apply our cognitive abilities, we're faced with conflicts between employing for ourselves our me or our I. And even when you employ your I, it still comes down to an interpretation of who the world wants to see you to be. It's just what it is. It's just the bottom line truth of what it is. And this has been our biggest challenges in life because we almost always want our me to reflect our I. But the truth is we are not the definitions of our me. We're only the definitions of our I. We can only present our I to the world that defines our me. And so I, I, I wanted to break it down in this light because when you start from the genesis of understanding yourself and understanding how people will perceive your understanding of yourself, you realize that half of your problems is not necessarily your bottom because Social constructs, norms, traditions, and all these things are what helps define your me. This is who you are in the society. And sometimes, whether you like it or not, that definition stays because why? The decision to define you is made by others, not necessarily you. The decision to define you is made by other people. And so that decision is almost always going to remain as authentic to them as it is a lie to you. That is interesting. Um, I like to read, guys. I like to read a lot of things. I like to read because my biggest quest in life has always been to say, there are so many things I know, especially about myself, and sometimes I had never challenged them to say, is this who I am? I remember growing up, and I, uh, for those of you who don't know, I released my book, uh, Forget Norms, last year, uh, which really is the biggest provocative, um, uh, is the biggest um, reason for this podcast. Um, and... I, I had the idea to write the book um, several years ago. Um, I had the idea to actually come up with a concept like that several years ago. I was lost at some point. I couldn't figure out who I was. And I started to say to myself, I said, before, before I touch on a subject matter as this, what I need to do is to first of all come to a place where I can, without a shadow of a doubt, um, say to myself, Mind you, not to anyone else, but say to myself and say, I like black. And I don't mean black as in racing black and race, race black. I'm talking about just the color black. And I can defend why I came to a conclusion of liking black as of this moment that I'm telling you that I like black. Not that I like black. That was just an example, by the way. But so I spent about five years of nothing but challenging every knowledge that I think I know of who I am. Like, for instance, just even the food that I eat. For instance, just even the places that I go to. Just even the religion that I believe in. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up 
uh, from a home where my mom was Presbyterian. And then, you know, she started going to Pentecostal churches. And, 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 and so we would, we would move to all these places with them. And everything about that knowledge was there in me. So whether I wanted to believe myself or not, a lot of my actions were influenced by the fact that I was a Christian and this is how Christians were, were to behave. What I never did was challenge that knowledge to see whether or not, in all reality, as good as following Jesus and being a Christian sound, is it my good? Am I benefiting internally from portraying that good to a society? Am, am, or, or does it feel good to the society even though it does not feel good to me? And the pressure of being a good citizen kills the press, kills the desire to be good to yourself. There are a lot of us who are good citizens in the world and just not good enough. And you say, what do you mean? How many people do you look at them and say, oh my goodness, he was living such a good life. Why did he commit suicide? Was he really then living a good life? Oh my goodness, he had a happy home, but what made him take his wife and kids and shoot them all, including himself? Why is the pastor doing this? And I am one of those people who say, I don't put nothing past any human being because truth is the only honest things that they have to deal with, regardless of how much they present us with the fancy things that the social constructs in life has made us to believe that this is what a good citizen should look like. This is the uniform of a good citizen. I always say, the good uniform of self, I would say seven or eight out of ten times, it's not the good uniform of a good citizen. It is only after you've gone that we start to realize that you actually made sense more than those who conform to the uniforms of a good citizen. I might have digressed a little bit, and if I did, I do apologize, but I'll come back to self, I mean, um, just to touch on that a little bit. But, I really wanted to start the podcast because we'll touch on a lot of different things. We'll touch on relationship. We'll touch on emotional aspect. We'll touch on finances. We'll touch on jobs. We'll touch on different things. We'll, we'll touch on, on so many topics that I want them to revolve around truth. But truth is also one thing that is very relative. Your truth and my truth may not be the same, but you must hold on to your truth. Our experiences might be the same way, but the truth or what we gather from that is only so much to us than it is to a society and a community at large. Now, am I in any essence saying you disobey and defy the, 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 the constructs of, so, of the society? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you leave everything that society has taught you and you just come out and be a vagabond because you feel like that. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you have to learn how to align yourself to the truth of yourself, but then also understand the truth of society. Now, 
I might be in a spot where everybody is doing something that I know for a fact that I don't enjoy doing. What I will not do is do it. But what I will also not do is tell them that it's wrong for them to do it. That is when you start to learn the truth between self and the truth outside of self because your truth may not necessarily be somebody else's truth. And just because your truth is not their truth, it is almost foolish for you to impede them from leaving in their truth. But it is also foolish for you to leave your truth and try to leave another truth because of social constructs and everything. I think black and white can exist. And I don't mean black and white and race. I think black and white could exist to form gray. And it's perfectly okay for you to realize that black came and white came. And when they merged with each other, it created something new that's called gray. What I don't think makes sense is for black to want to exist and for white to not be exist. And it's kind of weird. I'm using colors that are like insanely significant to racism. Um, but not not in that context. So uh, let's just choose different colors. So I go back to what I talked about when I was young. I knew a lot about myself based on what my mother told me that I was. I like this and I like that. She watched me as a baby grow, breastfed me, and groomed me up until the age where I had to start to figure out myself. But everything that I kind of knew about myself in my early ages was based off what I was told that I was. Oh, you like yellow because maybe when I was young, I used to gravitate more to things that were yellow. So I was taught that my favorite color is yellow. I was taught that my favorite food was this. Why? Because when I was a kid, I gravitated more towards those things and I was given that. Now, I don't even know if I gravitated towards them. That's what I was told I did. Maybe I was given those things more often, which made me like them. I don't know, you know, the sociological or psychological um, reasoning for their conclusion of who I was. But as I was growing up, I told myself those things that I was told that I am. I told myself those things that I was told that this is me, that I like these things. These are the things I like. So when someone would ask me and say, what do you like? I would tell them what I knew I liked based on the knowledge that was given to me for those who observed me growing up, that I gravitated towards those things more. So when I started my journey of self-knowledge, of growing in myself, of knowing who I am, I took the liberty to say, let me put myself in a position where had I not been taught everything that I was taught, what would I have known of myself? So in essence, do I really like yellow? Is my favorite food really bread? And ladies and gentlemen, I came to realize something. I actually don't have a favorite anything. And sometimes when I will meet folks now at my, at my adult years and they ask me and they say, what's your favorite color? I say, I don't, I don't have one. Um, the way my mind works, 
I don't see the need personally, and I'm not just speaking uh, 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 to sound nice, but I don't see the need why a color has to be favored in my opinion. Just me. That's just the way. That's just the way I'm wired. I don't see why I have to favor blue better than I favor yellow. Um, I don't like, you know, black any more than I like pink. But this is just who I've grown to know myself to be. I eat whatever is before me. Yes, some days I might desire to go to Burger King as opposed to go to McDonald's. Some days I might desire to eat Chinese uh, food as opposed to African food or, you know, soul food or something like that. But if you had to ask me and say for the rest of your life, pick one, I would say the only one I will pick if you have to subject me to that type of a restriction, then you just give me whatever you want me to give. I don't have an opinion to say, okay, Chinese is my favorite food, so let me just eat Chinese for the rest of my life. At that point, you decide. I love a variety, variety of things. I love different colors. I don't have a favorite, any color. But at one point, I used to tell folks that my favorite color was yellow. Why? Because I was taught that my favorite color was yellow. And I leave that lie, not necessarily maliciously, but I leave that lie up until I got to the point where I had to redefine myself. And I use the word redefine because that self that I knew then was somewhat authentic to me, though a little bit more morally and mentally con conflicting with what I used to think I am. And so I, I, I say all those things to also say that when you start to question yourself the knowledge of yourself you start to realize that you come to one or two conclusions either you assert that this is who you are and so you walk proudly in that consciousness or you start to realize that whoa just maybe just maybe i may not know who i am so your i which is I has gotten lost and is overshadowed by your me. And I always tell folks this, the me is not a great friend to the I because the me sometimes robs the I of truth. That fundamental truth that you should hold on to and say for a fact that I'm not a smoker, I don't smoke. So when I'm sitting with friends and I'm peer pressured to smoke, because they will look at me cool, your eye reminds you to say, you don't have to be cool. And you start to realize that every time that the pressure comes, you can almost deflect it because everything that is about you will be authentic. I don't have to be cool. Okay, it's cool when you wear pink. I don't want to be cool. Why? Cool is not my thing. But if cool is your thing, you can say, listen, I don't want to be that type of cool. Yeah, I know it's cool that you smoke. I know it's cool that you drink. It's almost like, I, you know, I'm a social drinker. And I've always been fascinated when I'm having a drink and then someone comes next to me and they don't drink. But then they make it seem like it is really a good thing that they don't drink. And I'm looking at them saying, what makes you think I find that attractive? Just as much as you find my drinking unattractive, I find you're not drinking 
a little bit unattractive too. Not that I want you to fail in that contest, but I'm just trying to say those type of inequalities in reasoning um, subject you to the point where you start to lose your eye. You start to feel it. And I don't want to go too deep in this first episode, you know, where I'll talk about things like depression and all those things, how they stem from. But I will almost certainly tell you that depression comes from, in my opinion, if either you don't know your eye or you know your eye or know your eye or knew your eye and something throws you off, something forces you to forget who you are and now all of a sudden you become lost. And as a matter of fact, I would say this and I don't have the psychological facts to prove it, but the ones who depressed hard in my opinion, are actually the ones who actually know who they are and then they lost the sense of who they are. Those ones are dangerous when it comes to depression. It's not scientifically proven, nor have I read it somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it is. Um, but I'll do some findings for my own personal knowledge. But I think that's, that happens. So, ladies and gentlemen, like, th- this, is, this is the genesis of, of life. This is the genesis of being able to leave a healthy mental moral and everything that encompasses of a fulfilling truthful life for you to be able to justify who you are without any fear or concerns about who the perception of you is. It is always going to be there because truth is relative. If someone sees you as a thief, you don't have to steal anything from them. They will always make sure that everything about them is secured next to you so you don't steal it. So to them, it's not that you've stolen anything. It's that it's a matter of time before you steal because their perception of you is that you're a thief. That is a jail that no one deserves to be in mentally for themselves. But the only way that that jail does not exist is when you can find a truthful understanding of yourself. And when you find a truthful understanding of yourself, norms and traditions become something that you socially accept, but not internalized because of who you know yourself to be. Your true definition of yourself is almost always going to overshadow the social constructs of life. And when that happens, you realize that life becomes very easy to leave without pressures. I don't have to please anyone. Most people say that, but then why do you not have to please anyone? Because you're pleasing yourself. You understand that, that knowledge. I don't have to be pressured to do anything, but the only way you get to that place where that conclusion actually becomes a truthful and honest fact is when you can get to a place where your definition of self makes a whole lot of sense to you. That's what you have to do. So, 
let me say this. I want to, I want to, ladies and gentlemen, I want to point this out a little bit. Um, I read somewhere and, and, and it was a Buddhist that said, um, I read something where he said, the idea of self is the source of all ignorance and unhappiness. It is only by renouncing the self, that is by dropping the, his ego. Okay, let me read this again. I'm, I'm trying to read here, guys. So It says, the idea of self is the source of all ignorance and unhappiness. It is only by renouncing the self, that is, by dropping his ego defenses and committing symbolic suicide that a person can open up to different modes of being and relating and transform himself into a pure essence of humanity. Let's take let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and then I'll give you guys my final thought um, of this first episode and and you know give you um, something to look forward to. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. You are listening to Forget Norms with Mr. Fashino. For more information or to get in contact with our host, visit our website www.forgetnorms.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for um, listening. I I I I want to take this journey with you guys because I I am a firm believer of the fact that when you um, talk to somebody, um, you in essence talk to yourself as well. Um, uh, when you when you when you uplift someone. You in essence also uplift yourself. It is it is it is very fulfilling for you to see someone um, grow before your face. And for anyone who does not have hatred in their spirit, for anyone who does not have an envious spirit, that growth is very inspiring to your spirit. And so that's why I love this 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 moment in my life where I'm able to sit here and talk to you guys, and also look forward to your feedback from everything that we discuss. But as I give you my final thought in 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 this podcast, I wanna I wanna say this: the basics of human activities are almost always learned. Everything, the basis of human activities, um, which implies that you must not only look at the information that is presented to you, but you also have to look at the presenter of the information. This this world is filled with cultures that we must learn um, if we want to interact in it. Um, and if we also want to be accepted, for those who want to be accepted, we learn uh, material culture, like for instance, how to eat with a knife and forks, you know, those those formal etiquettes that we have to know in order to fit in certain things. When you go into um, a very important uh, event, it is very logical for you to put on a suit. Those are all cultures and things that we learn. And then we also learn non-material cultures, like our belief system, um, uh, some of the ways that we have to treat other people as a kid, they always tell you sharing is caring, sharing is caring. You know, you have to learn those things. Or if you offend somebody, you have to say, I'm sorry to them. These are all things that we learned. And they're very beautiful things because 
You also cannot live in a society that does not have a construct. Therefore, it will be chaos. So I want to point this out in my final thought to say, when I say forget norms, I'm not saying forget norms in this essence that you have to dismiss and dissociate yourself from all the social uh, constructs that are in life. I say forget norms based on truth, based on being able to understand what norms are for, but then internalize your truth whenever norms are against your truth. Let me say that again. My idea of forget norms has never been to say that having a social construct is bad. Telling people to say, oh, if you're going to school, everybody is supposed to be in a uniform and the uniform is, you know, khaki pants and blue shirt and you want to show up in white pants and pink top. That's not how I want you to forget norms. But I want you to understand the fact that when I'm in a social construct, I'm only doing social construct things. Now, if you ask me what I'm doing, I'll tell you what I'm doing. But if you ask me how I feel, I'll also tell you honestly how I feel, even though I may be doing something contradictory to how I feel. But I am in a setting where my boundaries of action compel me to be that way and I understand that I'm only doing this because I have to not necessarily because I should and that's the context of forget norms that I want you to take it as and so as we move through this phase and as we bring several episodes and then we have conversations and invite guests and bring them in um, that understanding is what I want you to get and in my conclusion about self, I genuinely believe without a shadow of a doubt that it is almost impossible for you to get to a place where your joy, your happiness, your truth, the way you interact with people is authentic, where you find peace in a world filled with chaos without you understanding genuinely who you are. And that is why I started the podcast with the definition of self. Um, I hope I made some sense to you today. And as we keep moving forward with this conversation, I hope that I will touch you in places. And I look forward to how you would also inspire me. May you guys have a wonderful day. I'm signing off. Peace. <laughs>